0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, Seven years, bunch of podcasts. We dominate on the Even Money Betting podcast. That I know most of you already listen to or watch. Raw Soccer Football podcast is every day giving you your daily fill, everything you need to know in the NFL, 30 minutes or less. College draft with Emery Hunt's awesome. Very important business of sports this week with Andrew Brandt and Chris Nowinski from the Concussion Legacy Foundation talking. Tua, and then you've got the Fantasy Feast podcast. There is no podcast that provides better stats, facts, information, and analysis for fantasy football than this one because of Joe Dolan. At FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. I take so many notes during Joe's show uh, or during our show as Joe talks because I'm so impressed by how much information Joe brings to the table and so let's start with that, Joe. You got to go to fantasypoints.com. Use the code mm-hmm. 22FEAST to get even more information. I'm at Ross Tucker. Oh, oh by the way, Ross. At Ross Tucker Pod. Go ahead.
1: Hold on. We're also 25% off on top of that right now because the season is a quarter over. So you get 20. Ooh. Then you get the extra discount. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean,
0: that's like a discount on top of discounts. You're stacking Correct. discounts. Uh love it Joe. Um Thursday nighter. Not sure I love this one from a fantasy football perspective. The Colts, the Broncos. Bron uh Colts are acting like Jonathan Taylor will play. I would be shocked. That seems yeah, practically I stupid.
1: I I don't think it's going he's going to um uh, Frank Wright said on Tuesday if the game was today he couldn't play. The good news is the game isn't played on Tuesday. The bad news is it is played on Thursday. Um if if he doesn't go, the only guy from the backfield I can consider is Naeem Hines. From efficiency standpoint, Philip Lindsay's been the worst running back in football for like three years. Running, they call him up off the practice squad. It's a Philip Lindsay revenge game, by the way, uh, if, if that matters to you. Um, and Michael Pittman could draw shadow coverage from Patrick Sertan. Um, not something that's really appealing to me. Uh, from his perspective, I mean, he's hard to bench, but he's he's a downgrade in that regard. The Colts use a different tight end every week. Ali Cox is going to you. You play Allie Cox this week, Jelani Woods is going to score. You play Jelani Woods this week, Kylan Granson going to score. It, it. The Colts are a disaster right now. Their offensive line is a sieve. Um, their defense, obviously, without Shaquille Leonard, um, they've got injuries everywhere. Jonathan Taylor is probably not going to play. Um, this 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 is a this is a bad football team right now.
0: What about the Broncos? They're not very good either. No, and
1: and, and honestly, bro, boy, do I hate this for Javante Williams. I absolutely hate it. Uh, it's similar, um, according to our Dr. Edwin Porras at Fantasy Points, unfortunately, to the injury that J.K. Dobbins suffered last year in August and just now came back from. Um, it's similar to the injury that Carson Wentz suffered um, in 2017 and – you can make an easy argument that Wentz has never been the same since, for whatever reason. But uh, this is a horrifying injury for Javante Williams, and I just, I just hope he gets back as strong as he possibly can. But it was not, um, not pretty. And, and and in the backfield, Melvin Gordon is has one of the worst fumbling problems I've ever seen. You can make an argument that Melvin Gordon has directly cost. The Broncos' their two losses this year, one with a fumble at the goal line, the other with the fumble six last week against um, the Raiders. So Melvin Gordon, while their offensive coordinators out there saying, "Hey, look, he's going to be the lead guy," and I think that's the most likely outcome. Okay, I do, but it is worth noting that in the second half, uh, after after Javante's injury, uh, Mike Boone outsnapped Gordon, in eighteen to nine, and now. Latavius Murray is part of the committee. So I think Gordon right now is a very tenuous RB1, okay? So maybe he comes out and he does play 70% of the snaps, and he doesn't fumble. But there is a chance this is a three-man rotation. Latavius Murray is a fantasy cockroach. He refuses to go away. Um, Mike Boone is there. Um, The Broncos basically abandoned the run game after Javante got hurt. Um, That, Of course, they were trailing the entire time. By the way, uh, I don't think they're going to be trailing the entire time in this game. Cortland Sutton just just for uh, posterity has out targeted Jerry Judy twenty four to eighteen in their three games together. So not a huge discrepancy, but. Um... Courtland Sutton has been targeted as Russell Wilson's first read on 37.5%. This is for Fantasy Points data. On 37.5% uh, of Russell Wilson's first read, the only three guys ahead of him are Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, and Jamar Chase. So they are calling plays with Courtland Sutton as the first read, and he is getting targeted on those plays.
0: Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, Giants and the Packers – uh, do we know who the quarterback is for the Giants?
1: No. It could be Daniel Jones. It could be Tyrod Taylor. It could be somebody they signed. Daniel Jones has the ankle clearly hobbled. Tyrod Taylor has the concussion. Who knows if he's going to pass protocol. They had to play Saquon Barkley at quarterback uh, at the end of that game for a few snaps with Daniel Jones coming in clearly hobbled. Let's make this easy. Ross, I know you're a busy man, okay? I'm a busy man. Here's the, here's the Giants analysis. Saquon. Boom. Done. That's it. You play them in every league. There is not another soul on this team worth considering in this matchup. Unless, uh, well, not in this matchup, but Kenny Galladay. Uh, Kenny Galladay. No, he's hurt, by the way. Canarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, maybe worthwhile bench stashes. But this is Saquon or Bust. This team is really banged up right now.
0: What about the pack?
1: Okay, so, Romeo Dubs. Uh, we talked about him before the season. We've talked about him during the season. Aaron Rodgers continues to talk about him. Rodgers was on, I think, with Pat McAfee. Says, oh, he thinks uh, Dubs and Christian Watson can be dogs in the league. Um, Romeo Dubs ran 32 percent, thirty-two routes. Lazard, 29 routes. They're the clear top two receivers. Dubs leads the team in targets and first-read target share over the last two weeks. 37.5% of Romeo Dobbs's targets over the last two weeks have been designed for him. Like, Just like as in get him the ball quick, that's a design play. They are putting the ball in his hands. They want the ball in Romeo Dobbs's hands. Aaron Robinson, the Giants' top perimeter corner, is injured. He is on IR. Romeo Dobbs is a rock-solid wide receiver three. I like – and Alan Lazard is right in that discussion as well. And, of course, in a game in which the Packers are projected uh, to win the game, they are eight-point favorites here. Um, Aaron, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both easily on the RB1 and RB2 radar.
0: Steelers are playing the Bills. Steelers have a new quarterback. What do we need to know?
1: Okay, so I don't want to overreact to just Kenny Pickett coming in that game and, you know, throwing the ball down the field for, on 13 plays. He had three interceptions, by the way. People are going to look at that and say, oh, my God, he had three interceptions. One of them was on a Hail Mary. The other was on a, play, on a ball that Chase Claypool got stuck in. I have no idea what Claypool was doing. The other one was a high-throwed Pat Fryer that was Kenny Pickett's fault. Um, 9.2 yards per attempt for Pickett. He threw the ball down the field. That increases the likelihood for George Pickens. Uh to, to really be able to bust out. I'm just not sure this is the week for, for that to happen. The Buffalo Bills defense is absolutely just it, – it's evaporating opposing, uh, opposing teams. Like, it, it's the worst quarterback matchup in the league. It's among the worst running back matchups in the entire league. This is a bad matchup across the board for Kenny Pickett. The Steelers are 14-point underdogs, so – maybe, maybe you look at them and say, well, you know, they're 14-point underdogs. There's going to be some some uh, garbage time production. That's very fair. Uh, but unfortunately for Kenny Pickett, from a fantasy perspective, because he also ran for two touchdowns, you look at him and say, hey, he, he could give me some juice. Here's the problem for Kenny Pickett, the upcoming schedule. At Buffalo, Tampa Bay, at Miami, at Philadelphia, that is a Gauntlet for Kenny Pickett. Um, it might be ugly before it gets good, but he is going to give this offense some life that, quite frankly, Mitchell Trubisky was never equipped to give them.
0: I know a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans want to be there for Kenny Pickett's first start. There's only one place to go: the Game Time app. It's easier than ever to be there in person. It's unbelievable. I've been talking about it on some of the other shows. Like, you can go to the Bengals-Ravens game that I'm going to be calling Sunday night for $88. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app that guarantees the lowest price on tickets to all your favorite sports, concerts, and shows. You can even see the view from your seat in the app. Checkout takes less than 30 seconds. So if you're a Steelers fan and you're in Western PA and you want to see Kenny Pickett's first start, download the game time app create an account redeem the code feast for twenty dollars off your first purchase again that's feast for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply download game time last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed that's the key is the guarantee another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check What about the Bills offensively uh, against the Steelers' defense, which has been disappointing, frankly, Joe?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Steelers have a lot of injuries in the secondary. Witherspoon is injured. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is injured. So, obviously, T.J. Watt's injured. So, you got to continue to watch these things. Buffalo is a 14-point favorite. And the question now becomes, what is Devin Singletary's role in this game? Because Devin Singletary has been a legitimate bell cow. Um, Singletary's snap rate, 54% in Week 2, 73% in Week 3, 88% in Week 4. Now, my question is, if the game script plays out as anticipated. So, Buffalo's up 14 points. Do they use that as an opportunity to get more touches for James Cook, maybe more touches for Zach Moss? But this is a good spot for Devin Singletary, who's also, by the way, over the last two weeks, top five among running backs in target share. So, the, so Devin Singletary is getting a bell cow role on a good football team. That's really important. The concern, obviously, there was uh, I was a Gabe Davis guy. If you listen to this podcast, you know I was a Gabe Davis guy. Um, he ran a route on every single Buffalo pass play in Week Four. He only got three targets. There's a couple of things here. Number one, I think there's really good evidence that Davis is just not fully healthy. I mean, he's on the injury report with the ankle. How about this stat, Ross? Our our guys at Fantasy Points Data pulled this up for me. Gabe Davis, as a Z receiver, is averaging 2.95 yards per route run. That's ninth among all receivers at Z with 20 or more Z routes run. At X receiver, he is at .25 yards per route run. That's 78th of 81 receivers with 20 or more snaps as an X receiver. So... Small sample caveat, like always, worth pointing out here. I simply wonder if Gabe Davis, with the ankle injury, isn't able to push off, isn't able to use quickness to get off of press very effectively. They need Gabe Davis on the move right now. He is a benchable player. Um, the, this is this is again a matchup where the Steelers have been giving up a, low, a more. Uh, more fantasy production than than maybe you would think. It's actually a very good matchup for wide receivers. Wide receivers average about six points per game more over their season averages against the Pittsburgh Steelers than, than, uh, than, than on average. So it is a good matchup, but I think that's probably much more for Stephon Diggs than Gabe Davis at this point. Two more things to watch for Buffalo. Maybe if you're in a really deep league, you take a look at Khalil Shakir, the rookie wide receiver out of Boise State. Jamison Crowder broke his ankle. Isaiah McKenzie has a concussion. No guarantee he plays this week.
0: Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, We've got the Chargers are in Cleveland against the Browns.
1: So the, one, the thing that jumps out to me here uh, for the Chargers is J.C. Jackson's going to play. Now, I don't know if J.C. Jackson is going to shadow Amari Cooper right now, but Amari Cooper, in his uh, career, has been one of the single most shadow coverage-affected players in all of football. He can get absolutely shut down by a shadow coverage, and that's what happened uh, last week against Atlanta. A.J. Terrell had him in his back pocket and just completely eliminated him. And I wonder if that could be the same thing for J.C. Jackson. Now, the one thing that makes all these things tough for me uh, is is the fact that teams – like you, you, the number one receiver on the number one corner matchup just does not happen that much anymore. But I do wonder if teams are going to look at Amari Cooper and say, you know, nobody else really scares me with the Cleveland Browns. I'm just going to bottle up um, Amari Cooper, and then we'll see what else Jacoby Brissett can do. But we do know Cleveland, by the way, is a uh, a three-point underdog in this game, which would suggest negative game script for Nick Chubb. It really hasn't mattered. Nick Chubb's lowest finish this season on on a weekly basis is RB18. Um, He's been a top-12 RB in three of his first four games. Kareem Hunt's been nothing more uh, than a flex the last three weeks. So – I would think Kareem Hunt gets a little bit more juice in this game with, with the Browns' as projected underdogs. But another guy who's gotten juice, route share for David Njoku. He's fifth among all tight ends in route share this year. Behind wow. only Mark Andrews, Dalton Schultz, Travis Kelsey, and Tyler Higby. So what David about- Njoku, he's a weekly starter right now.
0: Yeah, what about the Chargers on offense?
1: Uh, Austin Eckler had an Austin Eckler game um, a- after everybody was whining about him, and, and for good reason. Uh, he scores three touchdowns in that game. We do still have to watch um, the the injury report for, uh, for uh, Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen's obviously dinged up. He's missed the last two games. Uh, three games, rather. Josh Palmer... Um, after two pretty good fantasy games, had just one catch last week for the Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams, by the way, complete roller coaster. Here are Mike Williams' four weekly finishes. Wide receiver 98 in week one. Wide receiver 8 in week two. Wide receiver 54 in week three. Wide receiver 11 in week four. So he's been either unusable or essentially a week-winning player for you. So... You probably just still got a roll with Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams, by the way, averages 16.2 fantasy points per game with no Keenan Allen, vis-a-vis 12.9 fantasy points per game with Keenan Allen over the last two-plus seasons.
0: Next game is the Texans at the Jaguars. Your boy Damian Pierce started to have a good day.
1: Yeah, he um, – He played on 68% of the snaps. That's his career high so far. Obviously busted off the 75-yard touchdown run. Also saw six targets, and here is what was encouraging. Rex Burkhead ran 15 routes to 14 for Pierce, so he essentially split the receiving work with Burkhead, which is huge because Houston's going to be playing from behind quite a bit this year. Um, Houston is a seven-point underdog to the Jaguars in this game. The Texans are a two-man offense for fantasy. Damian Pierce and Brandon Cooks. Pierce is a locked-in RB2. Brandon Cook's pretty much a locked-in wide receiver three after he got in the box for the first time this year in week number four. So it was good to see that happen for Brandon Cooks. They are a two-man fantasy team right now. Um, they, they cut Farrow Brown. They cut Chris Conley. Um, Nico Collins is – I mean, he's a bench stash at this point. I haven't really gotten a Nico Collins start sit question. But uh, Houston, uh, things aren't pretty for the Texans, but they do at least have two guys we know we can count on from a fantasy perspective.
0: What about Jacksonville after that game against the Eagles?
1: I I don't know how much I'm going to read into that game. I mean, it honestly, it looked like Trevor Lawrence had never seen, like, a wet football before. It looked like he had never seen rain before. Four fumbles, he loses uh, an interception, so he turns the ball over five times uh, against the Eagles in the wet conditions. Um, things are, hopefully, for Lawrence, going to be better in Jacksonville. You never know uh, with the weather in Jacksonville how that could turn out, but uh, with the Jaguars expected to play from ahead, um, obviously, you would look at James Robinson as, as the guy here who's going to be uh, pretty uh, pretty highly rostered in DFS. I think he's a strong RB, two, But I remain a little bit concerned. Just telling you, I remain concerned about James Robinson's efficiency here Um he had two long touchdown runs, I believe, in weeks two and three, where he was essentially untouched. But James Robinson has been stuffed at the line of scrimmage. This is per fantasypoints.com on 61% of his runs. Uh, for for our data team, he has gained he has runs that have gained just one or two yards. On 67.8% of his runs, that is the highest percentage in the NFL among qualifying running backs. James Robinson right now is big player bust, and I'm starting to wonder if there is a buy low window on Travis Etienne, because I think they need Etienne's juice, and Robinson's not giving it to him. I'm not sure it matters this week, though, with the Jaguars' seven-point favorites, Um I would expect Christian Kirk to bounce back this week. I was a little surprised. What he, what they did was they moved him outside more uh, with Zay Jones inactive last week against Philadelphia. I thought that was a bad idea, quite frankly. The, the Eagles were down to their backup slot corner because Avante Maddox was hurt. Turns out Christian Kirk has just two catches in that game. Let's see about Zay Jones because Christian Kirk is much better in the slot than he is outside of it.
0: Yeah, that that's uh, that's one to watch for sure. Is Zay Jones? That's interesting sad about Robinson. What about the Bears Ugh. at the Vikings last week? You eviscerated Justin Fields. He made one big throw downfield, so then everybody's like, "Oh, see, look, he's good."
1: Mm, I mean, the, I, hey, here's here's what I will say. Like. At least, at least, I touted Darnell Mooney because I did not think Fields would be this bad. I did not think this passing offense would be this bad. At least you're seeing like, okay, Darnell Mooney is pretty good player. I don't know how you feel good about starting Darnell Mooney. I, I, I mean, maybe he's a bench stash for you, Khalil Herbert or Bust. I, I mean, Moon. There, there are three players that you can roster from the Chicago Bears right now. David Montgomery, who's injured. Khalil Herbert and Darnell Mooney, and he's an end of bench guy. We don't know about Montgomery's status. I would expect that Herbert is going to be the lead back again this week, but I mean, it's it's Khalil Herbert bust. This Bears offense is, is abominable, uh, and they're running the ball a ton, by the way. So uh, even even as seven point underdogs, I'll say Khalil Herbert or bust. Vikings? Uh, that guy, uh, that guy uh, cooks in tough. SOB, isn't
0: he? Like, yes. I, I
1: mean, he. The, those shoulder injuries they recur the more you get them, the more they recur and he plays with the harness and he comes out there and he handles twenty two touches like I know Madison scored Madison had four touches like he got in the end zone on a screen on fourth on third and goal from the fifteen when I think they were just trying to you know just pick up a couple of yards and make the make the field goal easier. he walks into the end zone against the saints. Uh, But here we go. I mean, this is a team to me that's Dalvin Cook. You play him. You play Justin Jefferson, obviously. Jalon Johnson, the Bears' corner, is injured, by the way. So, uh... Could make things tough on Jefferson. You play Adam Thielen, who had eight catches for 72 yards. He's been up above 95% of the snaps in every game so far this year for Minnesota. And maybe you play Irv Smith. K.J. Osborne is probably going to be a fantasy nuisance more than anything. Coming off uh, a game where he scored a couple of touchdowns, then all of a sudden uh, just one catch for six yards uh, against, uh, against the Saints in week four. Not a guy that you can really trust, but he's somebody who can be on your bench.
0: The Lions are in New England to take on the Patriots. They're both one and three. They're both one and three. The Lions are the dead
1: nuts, ovariest team that I have ever seen. Um, The problem here right now is who's going to start a quarterback for the Patriots? Uh, It could be Mac Jones. It could be Hoyer. It could be Zappi. Zappi comes in there and he leads a little bit of a – shows a little bit of juice, shows some poise. Um, That's a big question for the Patriots. And then the question becomes – this Detroit team, which is just hemorrhaging fantasy points, uh, I mean, across the board. I mean, they're just, they're hemorrhaging fantasy points to everywhere, but uh, they're especially hemorrhaging fantasy points to wide receivers. Who's the wide receiver you trust here from from Seattle? I mean, uh, from New England. Uh, obviously, Seattle's guys got them last week, but uh, who's the wide receiver you trust here? I I don't know. Have fun. I mean, Devontae Parker? Jacoby Myers, but he's not really a big play guy. I, I, I'm much more interested in, like, New England's receivers from a DFS perspective than I am in a season-long league where maybe this game goes off and um, Devontae Parker has a big game or Aguilar has a big game or Myers has a big game. But from a start-sit perspective, not really interested in these guys. Who I am interested in for New England is the backfield. Over the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, Ramondre Stevenson has outsnapped Damian Harris 33 to 21 when the Patriots have been leading. Okay. When they're leading, which you would think is the Damian Harris role. And when the Patriots have trailed, which is the majority of the time the last three weeks, Stevenson has outsnapped Harris 55 to 30. Ramondre Stevenson is their lead back right now in a two man rotation. Detroit injury report is really important here. I don't think DeAndre Swift is going to play, which would put Jamal Williams back again on the RB1 radar. Um 50 by the way, 50.2 of Jamal Williams fantasy points have come from scoring touchdowns. So he's getting in the box. The thing is, the Lions are the Lions lead the league in points scored and points allowed. So this is a team that needs to score, and you need to score against them. So it's a great fantasy atmosphere. So Jamal Williams is probably going to easily continue to get in the box here for, uh, for the Lions. But, of course, the question now is, does Amon Ross St. Brown play? Because if St. Brown plays, then um, Josh Reynolds isn't as viable for fantasy. If St. Brown doesn't play, Josh Reynolds is very viable for fantasy as a three. And TJ Hawkinson, who went absolutely nuclear last week with Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, and DJ Chark out, he's obviously a big upgrade if Amon Ross St. Brown and or DJ Chark Cannot play in this game. Detroit is, is a team that we got to watch, but I just found it fascinating that Jared Goff continues to put up massive fantasy numbers even when his supporting cast is decimated. That speaks to how much. Excuse me, I uh, just banged my, my desk and that really hurt. Um, that speaks to how much. <laughs> that speaks to how much uh, uh, the Lions' defense is struggling right now. And quite frankly, I think Jared Goff's playing pretty well. Like Ross, I Jared Goff is a player and. and Like, he's playing himself into a starting job right now. Like, whether it's with Detroit next year or not, there's a lot of teams, or at least a handful of teams, who could benefit from Jared Goff's play right now.
0: I would agree. I'd also say now might be a good time to buy some Detroit Lions on Symbol, which Pro Football Focus calls the perfect blend of sports and the stock market, offering a brand new way to invest in your favorite teams and profit off their success. They're 1-3. and three. They lost two in a row, but they're scoring point. They did it without DeAndre Swift. They did it without Amon Ross St. Brown. Now might be the time to download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Make sure you use the code FANTASY to receive a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. That's code fantasy to claim your free stock on the symbol mobile app. Why would you not do that? Why would you not get the free $150 team stock and pick whatever team you want? Maybe it's the Lions. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Seattle or New Orleans, Joe.
1: Yes, um, Seattle now is catching five and a half from the Saints. Uh, People aren't really believing in Geno Smith right now. New Orleans is a team on the ropes. And, you know, from a betting perspective, I think that's always a spot where people are interested. New Orleans is one and three. Okay, They are a Falcons collapse, where have we heard that before, away from being 0 and 4. They don't have a first-round pick next year, and they have the worst cap situation in the NFL. It is nut-cutting time for the New Orleans Saints. Now, does Michael Thomas play? Does Alvin Kamara play? Does Jameis Winston play? As of recording right now, on Wednesday, we don't know. We don't know. I haven't even seen practice reports yet. So the Saints are a team that is very, very much uh, up in the air right now. I do know this, though. Chris Olave's 60.5 fantasy points in his first four games are 24th most by a rookie wide receiver in the Super Bowl era. So he's having a very strong rookie season. He's a weekly starter at this point. Everybody else up in the air for the Saints, uh, uh, barring the status of of Winston, barring the status of Kamara, the status of, of of Michael Thomas. Boy, this is a this is a really messed up football team right now.
0: What about uh, Seattle and Geno Smith in that offense?
1: Yeah, Seattle's been getting um, gashed by quarterbacks, by the way. Um, so that's interesting if Jameis Winston does play. But uh, Geno Smith, man, like you got to give it up for him. The guys, the guys out there slinging the ball, and I think he's, I think he's playing really well. Up, uh, he's not only has he been usable for fantasy, by the way. But here's the thing that's great about Geno Smith. He's throwing it to the guys who matter. In six career starts with Geno at quarterback, DK Metcalf has never had under a 20% target share. In six career starts with Geno Smith at quarterback, Tyler Lockett's never been under a 15% target share, and he's been above 25% in four of them. So... This is a really, really strong usage tree for the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith is throwing the ball to the guys who matter. And we also saw Rashad Penny have one of his spike weeks. I think Rashad Penny, uh, our guy Graham Parfield threw this out here. He kind of is like a lowercase Derrick Henry right now. Like he's going to be game script dependent. This is projected to be a negative one, but he has kind of the same skill sets. He's not used much in the passing game. Um, but he's got big play potential and he's got touchdown potential. And finally, Seattle removed the third man from the running back rotation this past week using exclusively Penny and Kenny Walker. Ken Walker, though, unusable for fantasy with with Rashad Penny showing a very strong game there in week four with two touchdowns.
0: Been waiting to ask you about the Dolphins who will not have two. It'll be yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, at quarterback for the Dolphins at the Jets.
1: Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's thrown the ball 25 times this year. Tyreek Hill's been targeted on nine of them. That's 36.3%. That is a very small sample size. But I have no reason to believe that Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to get the ball in the hands of the receivers who matter here as well. He did it when he was in Carolina with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel a couple of years back. And we are pining for that kind of usage for DJ Moore uh, in in Carolina again, which we'll get to on tomorrow's podcast. But I, I think Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not sure how much of a downgrade he is From um, uh, from Tua, I think he is a downgrade. I've listened to podcasts where hosts have been downgrading the Dolphins significantly with Teddy. I have listened to podcasts where hosts have not been downgrading the Dolphins at all with Teddy. And Teddy is a guy who covers spreads. So the three and a half here, Miami is laying with the Jets uh, uh, to the Jets. Interesting from that perspective. The run game is a disaster right now. I think you just kind of ignore it. Chase Edmonds should have had two touchdowns. He dropped one, but he had like six catch- carries for eight yards. Raheem Mostert's getting low-calorie touches. The Dolphins, to me, again, two-man fantasy team right now. Unless you're desperate for a running back, you start Tyreek Hill and you start Jalen Waddle and let the cards fall where they may.
0: What about the Jets? Zach Wilson had a couple nice drives in the second half there, Joe. Yeah,
1: I- I'm not sure I'm going to glean too much from Zach Wilson's game. Um, I, he looked, in my opinion, similar to the way he looked last year upon rewatching that game. But it was his first game back; he's been rusty. Um, again, the problem is, well, I did say I didn't. I don't think the Jets want J- Zach Wilson dropping back fifty plus sixty times like Joe Flacco. Lo and behold, he throws thirty six passes. Now, is that enough? To get fantasy production, yes, but Corey Davis is out there leading the team in targets, which is hurting Zach Wilson, uh, Garrett Wilson, it's hurting Elijah Moore, it's hurting Tyler Conklin. You might remember on this program last week, Russ, I I know you clipped it, that I told you the single biggest underperformer in terms of expected fantasy points last year. This is Scott Barrett's metric at fantasypoints.com, and he does an amazing job. His cover boy last week was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon gets in the box on Thursday night. Do you know who is Scott Barrett's cover boy is for the expected fantasy points report? By the way, free at fantasypoints.com this week. Um, do you know who his cover boy is this week?
0: Nope.
1: Brees Hall. Ooh. Brees Hall has a big-time role right now. He is eighth in expected fantasy points per game. He is 19th in actual fantasy points per game. He's second among all running backs in targets per game behind only Austin Eckler. And he's averaging 31.3 air yards per game. They're throwing him the ball deep. That would be the most by any running back since at least 2007, per Scott Barrett's research. Brees Hall has an incredible role here, despite a relatively low snap share. He's got a high target share. He he really paced the backfield last week in every category, getting 17 carries to Michael Carter's nine. He looked far more effective than Michael Carter on his carries. He had six targets last week. Brees Hall, to me, is a must-start RB2 right now, and he's got RB1 potential the rest of the season. I think the breakout is coming if it isn't here already.
0: Wow. All right, last but not least for – oh, no, we got two more games here for episode one of the show that's so nice we do it twice – Falcons sands Cordero Patterson at the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I I'm gonna give you just a read on on this situation. I think the Bucs are going to absolutely smash the Falcons this week. I think the Bucs are pissed off. Tom's going through some stuff. They they're coming off a game where that prideful defense, Todd Bowles, gives up forty one. I think the Falcons are going to get smoked this week absolutely smoked. So I don't know what that does to Tyler Algier in the backfield of people are picking up. People are picking up Caleb Huntley. To me, those guys are like mid to low end flexes. Um, Mariota was atrocious last week. I know they won the game, but Mariota right now is really crimping the style of Kyle Pitts. I mean, the, we, we saw we saw one game where like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Kyle Pitts, his usage is positive. He's 5th in target share uh, among tight ends, 14th in route share, but they're not throwing the ball. By pass rate over expectation, the Falcons rank ahead of only the Bears right now, um, and they're the 12th slowest offense in football. So they're running the ball more than you would expect a normal team to, and they're running fewer plays than you would expect a normal team to. Last week, Tyler Higby, he had as many receptions as, Pitts, as Kyle Pitts has all season. I mean, I, I, I yeah. at right now, Pitts. You have to start him. I mean, unless you picked up like Higby, I'd start Higby over Pitts right now. No doubt about it. Drake London, he's a wide receiver three. But I, I'm just telling you, Ross. I, I think the Falcons are going to get smoked this week. I really do, and that's bad news for Marcus Mariota.
0: What about the Bucks on offense?
1: So the Bucks. Um, the Falcons will selectively shadow AJ Terrell, but Mike Mike Evans had a good uh, season in, in in this matchup last year, catching a couple of touchdown passes. I know Mike Evans has struggled in the past with Marshawn Lattimore. I don't know if I would bench him here. And I, I think, you know, Tom Brady's starting to get his guys back here. And, you know, Godwin, Evans, Julio, Julio's not a startable player for me. They get anything positive out of Julio, that, that's good. Cameron Braid's dealing with a concussion. I think that's important to note. Um uh, so, because his role has actually been somewhat underrated, but he's dealing with a concussion. I think Leonard Fournette is going to get way more carries in this game. That game got away from them, fumbling the opening kickoff last week. Again, I think Leonard Fournette is as good a start in DFS as ever. Uh, Rashad White may be a viable stash on your bench as he split the passing down work with Leonard Fournette last week, but in an extreme negative game script that you don't really anticipate from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they come out and blitz the Atlanta Falcons this week.
0: Interesting. Uh, now I can say last but not least, Titans at the Commanders.
1: Do you know where Derrick Henry ranks in target share among running backs over the last two weeks?
0: Second, because I think I saw you tweet it.
1: Damn. Yes, behind only Christian McCaffrey. Hey, they're getting the ball <laughs> in the hands of their good player. Um, and I, 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 I mean, expectations are collapsing on the Commanders right now. Um, they're two and a half point underdogs to the Titans. I said two weeks ago, I thought the Titans might end up being one of the worst offenses in football. Good coaching. They've kind of narrowed things down there. They're getting the ball in the hands of Derrick Henry. And I think Derrick Henry is going to have a strong game this week against the commanders. I think he's the number one running back on my board. Maybe only, uh, Leonard Fournette outranking him this week, but I think Derrick Henry is a strong start this week against the commanders. The problem is. Ryan Tanhill's just not throwing the football a lot because they have nobody to throw it to. Traylon Burks is hurt, so he's not going to play. Um they're their leading receiver against the Colts in week in week four. Do you know who it was, Ross? Um no. He had 38 yards. It was Chig Aconquo, the rookie tight wow. end. So they're, I mean, Robert Woods got in the box. He's a Washington's defense is abominable right now. Like, they can't stop anybody. Um, So I think Robert Woods is a strong wide receiver three this week. But the the most notable thing here, and I'm not breaking any news, is Derrick Henry looking like Derrick Henry, but also getting a little bit extra work in the passing game, which really does help raise his floor and his ceiling for fantasy purposes.
0: Washington?
1: Oh, boy. I'm going to wrap this up with a hell of a stat. Our guy Graham Barfield dug this one up. Over the last three weeks, the Commanders have been outscored 59-7 to 7 in the first half. Okay, In those first halves, Carson Wentz has attempted 40 passes, has been sacked 11 times, and is averaging 3.3 yards per pass attempt in the first half. To put into perspective how terrible that is, there are 30 players who have 40 or more carries this year. All but four of them average more than 3.3 yards per attempt. So Carson Wentz, is his passing efficiency in the first half this year, at least in the last three games, would be one of the worst rush efficiencies in the NFL. That is how impossible it is for them to throw the football right now. Jahan Dotson is hurt. Antonio Gibson by the way, Antonio Gibson is one of the four running backs who doesn't average more than 3.3 yards per attempt on his 40 plus carries. So they can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. Dotson's hurt. Um, he's going to miss here. Maybe Terry McLaurin gets a little more work. I think Curtis Samuel's probably going to get like 15 short targets in this game. Ron Rivera had a comment this week that he was suggesting we have to uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, when something's a liability, we have to acknowledge it and make changes. I think the offensive line's a liability right now. Antonio Gibson's a liability. Carson Wentz is a major liability. There is some good news. Brian Robinson activated off the NFI, going to practice this week. They're going to see if he can play in week five. Ron Rivera thought it was a good shot. I'm just not sure he's startable in a lineup right now. The commanders are very difficult to watch offensively.
0: What really matters right now is everyone make sure you're subscribed to the Fantasy Feast podcast because we do two episodes every week. We just hit all the 1 o'clock games on Sunday, the early morning game in London and the Thursday nighter. Now Joe and I will break down the Sunday late game, Sunday nighter, Monday nighter for episode two, which will be in your podcast app by the time you wake up on Thursday morning. He's Joe. I'm Ross. We got room for dessert, though. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and The College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must
1: always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.